If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host, Greg. It is so good to have you back with that beautiful bundled little baby boy. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, uh, maybe you didn't know. I've been on paternity leave for three months. Jen and I had our child here, Benjamin. You see me holding him or whatever. And uh, yeah, Tim, it's great to be back. And I think, uh, you know, the first thing to address at the top of the show. Sorry, he's I don't want to wake him up. The first thing at the top of the show is a lot of people have said and been concerned that, you know, Greg Miller becoming a father would change things. Ladies and gentlemen. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? All right, I was born to eat chicken wings and play video games, and it's been pent up inside me for three months. The need, the knowledge, the information I need to give you all, and I've left you here in the fucking darkness to lead and follow charlatans, your blessings, your imrods. I don't even think it works here. Your tamors, all these people, and that's what they all said. They've said it for fifth. 15 years, ladies and gentlemen, 15 years that Greg Miller is a blight on the video game industry. I've seen your Jeff Keeleys, your Patrick Klepics, your Jason Triers all saying, I'm what's holding you back. Well, for three months, I was gone. And what did you all do? You let NFTs in the fucking door. I've been saying it for years. I don't know what it means. I don't trust it. And I don't like it. And now they're goddamn everywhere. Every day on my Twitter. Oh, my God. God, I see some other schlub saying we're gonna NFT. We're gonna NFT. NFT. I don't know what it means, Tim, but I'm excited to learn in 2022. I'm back. I'm ready. The news will never stop. Greg Miller, the shooting star will never stop. And I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready, Tim? Hi, Greg. I'm very ready. I love you so much. I have missed you so much. You I miss are you too. Psychopath. In the very beginning, I'm so happy I didn't say anything because in the very beginning, I I thought something looked off, but I didn't want to <laughs> say that about what I expected was BJ, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I over the break, one of the biggest news besides all this NFT bullshit was that TikTok of the woman off the plane with the, the cat. And I was like, there's no way Greg Miller's fucking fake cat in me right now. <laughs> I want you to know. It. So, if you're an audio so listener, if you're an audio listener, none of that made sense. I had a fake, I had a fake version of my son, but I, <laughs> I took one of his onesies and I, I just packed it full of his dirty clothes and towels, and then just, anyways. Uh, the, the first thing I did is Kevin came in to troubleshoot this thing with me, and I was like, hey, hey, before Tim gets here, uh, you're the, you're always the smartest person in the room. Don't ask to see the baby when I bring the baby on. The baby's not real. Don't do the baby thing. 
So I thank you, Kevin, for now, being along. And I thank you, Tim, for not saying anything either. Oh, and more than that, though, I didn't know Kevin knew. This is which explains a lot of why he's been so quiet when Craig Miller <laughs> threw this fucking baby. <laughs> but my favorite thing is right before we went live, Greg, in character, like playing me as well. Like he's going full on method acting here. He's just like, oh, hold on. I got to go get the baby from Jen. And like stands up and like fakes a conversation essentially to get this fucking baby on camera. You are amazing. Let's talk about video games. I want everybody to know, you know, not only Kevin will call you on your bullshit, right? And that's why you mm-hmm. got to tell him ahead of time. And also Kevin, of course, agreed on Twitter to fuck shit up with me in 2022. So we're fucking oh, shit course. up. But then Tim is the hardest person to trick. Tim mm-hmm. always knows when something's going on. Always has an inkling, always knows something's about to pop. So yeah, that was my thing. It's like I, I want to catch you off guard. I love catching you off guard. You, you got me the right way. That was that was exactly the jolt I needed to start 2022. You saying that date felt real in a way that I wasn't ready for, wasn't expecting. You sure. know? Oh yeah, right. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Hold on one second. I've been off for a while, so I want to make sure I understand how to do this. Hold on, because it's if somebody needs to. Can somebody time out this account, Jeff Grubb, who says he misses kind of funny uh, late 2021. You need to time out <laughs> Jeff Grubb. All right, everybody. <laughs> and we, of course, need to talk about GoldenEye 64 coming to Xbox and update on Final Fantasy 16 and squaring into these NFTs, whatever the hell they are. We're going to talk about all this and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show on Patreon.com slash kind of funny games on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in to be part of the show you can get your questions read you can get your names read as a patreon producer you can get the show ad free and of course you can support us and get the post show we do each and every weekday of course right now you can go there there's a brand new t-shirt that's up for this year's platinum or uh, yeah for this month's platinum subs kevin will show it when we get the housekeeping even deeper but i said it right there because i'm so excited about it because it's all about mm-hmm. me being back which is very cool and again i'm sorry i left you guys for so long i'm sorry you had to talk to nick you know nobody there wants was that. a lot of talking to dick greg oh goodness gracious if you got no bucks to toss our way on patreon.com slash kind of funny games no big deal of course you can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday housekeeping uh we are recording psi love you xoxo later today and we're talking about our playstation predictions for 2022 so make sure you write in right now on patreon.com slash kind of funny games so you can get your questions your comments and your poll results in i asked you a whole bunch of questions about the predictions we'll be making you've already been there in droves thank you so much for answering that like I said earlier, speaking of Patreon, either patreon.com slash kind of funny or patreon.com slash kind of funny games, uh, we have a very cool ass shirt right now. Uh, every month we do a physical good for platinum subscribers. Uh, Kevin, if you can show this, you already are. We have a new one, Return to Madness. Of course, I don't know if you heard, Tim, a lot of people mm-hmm. are calling me the crow of our generation. It's that so, or the shooting star, apparently. A lot of names. You know what I mean? I'm giving you a lot of merchandising ops here. All right. Just take your uh-huh. pick. But here we got a great Madness shirt all set to go. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn. Do you remember who made this one? Uh, I am no, I imagine the campfire, campfire design. Yeah, I, I imagine, okay. but yeah. I, I don't know the origin of this. Joey, I'm sure, will tell us at some point if we're wrong. No, Joey loves telling us we're wrong. Don't worry about that. Uh, speaking of campfire designs, if you went to patreon.com slash kind of funny right now, there's a post stuff that you don't need to be a subscriber for running you through the fact that hey, guess what, Tim? This week is our seventh anniversary of kind of funny, however. We're not doing Kind of Funny Day right now. We're going to do Kind of Funny Day when the new studio is ready this year, which it's this year. It is happening this year. Goddamn pandemic. Get out of my way. Uh, I feel more st- likely that it'll happen this year than I've ever felt like it was going to happen this year or any other year. So. Excellent. 
that's that. take that we got that you know it's very close so it should be this year yeah. uh you can read all about the new studio stuff uh you can read about the fact that yes that shirt with the madness one is done by campfire designs and we have a new merch drop every month now not even this is, doesn't even count this is like a patreon thing a new merch drop every month uh also by campfire that's all up on the post there's a whole bunch of cool information over there you can go read about it find out about our tiktok and all that for now let me tell you about our patreon producers uh james davis aka at james davis makes blackjack and pranksky uh today we're brought to you by upstart raycon and express vpn but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin what will damn it i was f- so good you were killing it you were oh, killing it feel good. oh it feels Greg. good tim you know what i mean we oh, yeah. up for three months walking mm-hmm. on eggshells around this baby you can't stop me now baby you know what i mean that's what i'm mm-hmm. saying let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report for some news five items on the roper report a baker's dozen we'll start at a little website called IGN.com, where Adam Bankhurst writes about GoldenEye's Xbox achievements. GoldenEye 007, the legendary N64 game from Rare, that is one of the most beloved multiplayer experiences for many around the world, maybe getting a new life on Xbox after achievements have been spotted for the game online. True Achievements, a website that tracks Xbox achievement activity, recently picked up an achievement list for GoldenEye 007, which had never been seen before. There are 55 achievements that are worth a total of 1,000 gamer score. And that is another hint this may be a new port. As many may remember, there was an updated version of GoldenEye 007 being developed for Xbox 360's Xbox Live Arcade that was just about finished before it was canceled due to licensing issues. Back then, XBLA Games had a limit of 200 gamer score, so seeing GoldenEye 007 with 1,000 gamer score is an interesting development. Furthermore, True Achievements' website also reveals that there are only two Xbox accounts that have earned these achievements, Big Sheep and Xtina McGrath. By searching these names, it appears that Big Sheep and Xtina McGrath are rare employees, James Thomas and Christina McGrath. Damn, exposed. Damn, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, and like, as somebody who understands, uh, you know, trophies so well and by uh, extension achievements, you got to be like, if you're them, you're like, God damn it. Like, you know what like, I mean? Like, these, cool, guys. these weren't supposed to post. Why are these posted already? They weren't supposed to be up yet. Uh, while this doesn't necessarily mean that there's a new port of GoldenEye 007 on Xbox I'm sorry, while this doesn't necessarily mean that a new port of GoldenEye 007 on Xbox consoles in imminent is imminent, it is an exciting prospect for fans as we begin the new year. I will strike that from the record, Adam. It 100% means that is imminent. Enjoy yourself. In February uh, 2021, the game's... Fo- yeah, in February 2021, the game... I'm right there with you, Tim, right? I read that. I'm like, February 2021 hasn't happened. Oh, no, it's 2022 now. Right, wow. it's 2022. Yeah. In February 2021, the game files for Rare's canceled GoldenEye 007 remaster were shared on the internet just a month before a full playthrough of the game's campaign released on YouTube. The demo showed that you could swap between old and new visuals like the Halo remasters and that it could run at 60 frames per second and be played in 4K. Tim, motherfucking Gettys, Mm -hmm. you are what I like to call a Nintendo super fan. Oh, yes. Does this move the needle for you? This is really exciting for one of those, like, you know, it's 2022 now, and we should be able to play old video games on modern consoles. And I think sure. that uh, everyone has gotten better over the, at that over the years. Uh, but due to licensing issues, we've had a lot of problems uh, having certain games. This is definitely one of those games, right? One of the ex- biggest examples, I would say, of James Bond's licensing is, like, the most complicated uh thing of like who actually owns it who gets the movie rights versus the game rights versus the this the that it's ever changing family right yeah 
but but like the in terms of the the rights for who owns the rights to Goldeneye sixty four because there's the broccoli family stuff there's rare there's Nintendo mm-hmm. so that all that stuff gets complicated uh, in terms of porting it to things like Xbox right even though Xbox now owns rare you get what I'm saying it's complicated uh, so that's why it's taken so long for this to happen it's cool because Perfect Dark is playable now on like Game Pass on Xbox and sure. it's real damn pretty right with four K and you, you can kind of get an example an idea of what Goldeneye is going to look like and play like uh which is a fun cool novel thing right i think that everyone can agree that goldeneye 64 not necessarily like how you're dancing around you have a critical like of what what the goldeneye and perfect dark feel like in a modern era yeah but it's still cool and novel to go back to it and i think that there's a lot of fun to be had potentially with uh the multiplayer and all that stuff just to you know have some of that nostalgia kick of course. um i do think it's interesting that this is happening now like that somebody cares enough to be like you know what let's get this going i wonder how much if any this ties into kind of ramping up interest in james bond games with the the io game coming at some point sure um, well but you know yeah, that's one of the cool. things uh, probably Oliver wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can to be part of the show and says, what's good KFGD with news of GoldenEye's 007 achievements leaking, uh, which all but confirms an imminent release. Thank you. I don't know what Adam's talking about. Uh, do you think we'll soon start to see more information on IO Interactive's Bond game? This year's the 60th anniversary of Bond, and they've already confirmed that we'll get a ton of Bond news throughout the year. But is it still too soon to hope we, to, to see what IO is working on? I like bringing that in because, yes, uh, a couple other articles like at GameSpot were t- referencing the fact that there was a tweet put out of like 60th anniversary of Bond, expects stuff from us all year long, which I think then leads even more credence, of course, to GoldenEye 007 being real, being imminent, being one of their things out there. But I do think you get a tease of some kind from IO. I think you probably get another cinematic trailer. You probably get something like that. I don't think you're going to see you know like a walkthrough of a level or anything like that is, is that too much to ask for you think tim yeah i definitely think it is i mean it's interesting because i don't know what that game is going to end up being i have yeah. proven that they are very very talented as a studio at making hitman games and being able to kind of pump them out at what feels like a pretty quick clip yeah a good clip and, yeah and it's like you know i'm sure i'm now thinking back from 2015 because back like when kind of funny started but like getting three of those hitman games and with a ton of dlc uh in that time it kind of felt like hitman was this ever-present uh, thing that's was just in the background they tried the episodic thing then they did the, the more just like standard release so i think that they're kind of primed for making this game more than starting from scratch right i don't think it's just going to be hitman with a james bond skin but i think it'd be silly for us to not think that the dna would be there you know so i i, oh, yeah. I imagine that they, there is kind of like a jump start uh to the production of the, the type of game that this might be so i don't think it'd be crazy to see more in 2022 i actually expect that we will see more uh this year in terms of what you're saying about maybe a cg trailer maybe like just kind of more of like an, uh, a tonal piece yeah i think that that's almost a guarantee yeah. but i wouldn't be surprised if we get a little more than that like maybe even some type of understanding of gameplay Okay. Okay. Well, we won't have to wait and see. I think. Yeah. I, I think again, for it being this big anniversary, you want to come out with all guns blazing and remind everybody of Golden every guns. big blazing. Hey, look at this kid. Hey. He's been off two weeks too, but he still got it. Uh, you come out, yeah, and have you know everything you have in the hopper for Bond. You want to tease at least, and so I think mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely get. Will it be more than? I don't know, at E3 this year, there's some like IO interactive like presentation or they're part of a presentation that is just like, you know, the slow pans of their, you know, nice totally. sterile white game developed studios. Like, oh, well, James Bond at his core. And like you see the, you know, the framework and the T poses of them moving. Maybe that's all it is, but we can just make it. We can make it for him. You can, you could, it'll easily. be Greg Miller just doing 
best James Bond. I love it. We should do that. That seems like an easy one, right? Of just like Andy's doing the VO over it of like here at IO Interactive, like you know, James Bond is more than just a character, right? It's it's a feeling. It's it's James Bond visceral. It's someone different to everybody. It's kinetic. Some people have the Pierce Brosnan. Some people Daniel Craig. Slow motion shaking of a martini. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll never forget uh, before I was in the industry, quote unquote. uh, So even in my pre IGN days, um, there was an opportunity for a. uh, what's it called the the type of the, the blind study thing um you go Control in and, group? something like that but like what's it called when you uh experiment when you go and do those those control group type you're tests. a tester yeah i don't know i got focus to go testing, focus, focus testing. testing thank you thank you thank you that's what it was uh to go focus test a video game i'm like well, i'm a dumb kid that sounds really cool sure uh so i went to go do it and there was like 15 people in this room and they're like asking us a bunch of questions about what type of games we played what we'd be interested in uh seeing more of and blah 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 and as the questions started being asked it became more and more evident that they were bringing back goldeneye and oh, yeah. i was the only person in the room that was freaking the fuck out everyone else was not catching on and at some point i was like this is Goldeneye. You're 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 bringing back Goldeneye, and it ended up being Goldeneye Reloaded the the weekend I that. Uh, back in the day. Which yeah, you know, take it or leave it. Not not necessarily what people were expecting, but I was so stoked that day. So here we are, a decade after that. Did uh, you immediately read the game facts and like you're like uh, writing all? I just I, I'm an unnamed source, and this is what I know is happening. <laughs> no, it was a different era back then. Things things were were, were not as leaky. I'm, I'm not I'm not Jeff Grubb out here. All right, the face just the worst. Mess. You know what I mean? You know. Jeff Grubb, like, what, did you, did your children were your children able to enjoy Christmas, or did you two weeks beforehand tell them all the presents you bought them? You know what I mean? Like, come on, it's the worst. You know what I mean? He just doesn't respect Christmas. I he doesn't respect love America. you, Greg. <laughs> it's been pent up, ladies and gentlemen. I tried telling Benjamin the jokes. I'm over here, I'm over here, oh yeah, I Benjamin. Do you understand? <laughs> it's the Vita's anniversary this year of North America. He didn't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? He didn't care. <laughs> Number two on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 put out an update while we're uh, on our break. It's from producer Naoki Yoshida, who writes, Greetings, everyone. When we last spoke, I promised I would have more information on Final Fantasy 16 sometime later in 2021. However, I regret to inform you that I will be unable to keep that promise as complications stemming from the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic have delayed the game's development by almost half a year. As the latest addition to the Final Fantasy series being developed for PlayStation 5, Final Fantasy 16 has amassed a sizable team and composed a uh, I'm sorry, composed of talented creators from around the world. However, in an effort to offset the effects of COVID-19, we have to decentralize that workforce by permitting staff to tackle their assignments from home. This has unfortunately hampered communication from the Tokyo office, which in turn has led to delays in or in extreme cases cancelizations of asset de- deliveries from our outsourced partners. That said, we have spent much of 2021 addressing this issue and hope to see its impact to a minimum by the new year, allowing us to better focus on the tasks at hand, increasing graphic resource quality, refining combat mechanics, fleshing out individual battles, putting the finishing touches on cutscenes, and conducting overall graphical optimization. Our primary goal now is to be as hands-on with the game as possible in order to see see it fully polished. So that leaves us with the question, when can we expect the new round of information? Well, I'm happy to announce the current plan is to conduct our next big reveal in spring of 2022 as we seek to build excitement leading up to the game's eventual release. I deeply apologize to all of those who have been looking forward to learning more about Final Fantasy 16 and hope, I'm sorry, and thank you for your continued patience while we focus our combined efforts on development. Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida. Tim, you're a big Final Fantasy fan. Uh, did you expect this? Are, are, do you think we see it this year? What's going to happen? Are we going to hit the spring stuff? So I did not expect this message. I did not expect them to kind of like 
be this transparent and talk about Final Fantasy 16 in such a not hype way. Like, I feel like Final <laughs> Fantasy, the core titles, like they really care about them. They want to treat them right. And I think that this is an example of treating it right in sure. the era that we're in and where this game is at. And especially um, with Square, they've been making some... <laughs> You know what? <laughs> it's hard to talk about it with knowing the next story. I was about to say they've been making some pretty good decisions. They have been the last couple of years. <laughs> what are they going in for the future? We'll have to fucking see. Um, but I, I, you know, with some of their releases, like Final Fantasy VII Remake came out and was awesome. Like, I think that that alone is kind of like a testament to, hey, like they still got it. Final Fantasy XIV is debatably the best final fantasy experience there's ever been and it continues to keep delivering on that this game kind of being from a lot of the team members of that game i think that there's a lot of eyes on this this being a playstation 5 and next gen final fantasy the first core numbered single player final fantasy in a very long time um it's very exciting i can't wait to to get my hands on it i when we first saw it at the playstation showcase i was very very into it 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 looked like a great final fantasy game um so i'm excited for that in 2022 i don't think it releases um a big reveal in the spring of 2022 sure why not i mean they're saying it i feel like to me this means about 2021 um yeah but they have information uh, yeah i think that's the the difference there is that like oh stay tuned for more but then this is more of like a there's there's a there's a plan there's a reveal there's like a some type of thing that they're trying to show whether it's a trailer or a gameplay sequence or something um and they're they're probably gonna do it at a playstation state of play i would imagine and we haven't got one of those in a while so um i think or at least like a a new one with with like updates on on big games right um and as we kind of kick into 2022 and start getting the the ball rolling on everything i i wouldn't be surprised i expect that probably they're saying spring a february march state of play Mm -hmm. that'd be nice you think uh the interesting one you start getting into right there is uh you have Horizon, obviously, too. Uh, you know, Forbidden West uh, coming out in February. So I wonder if you, if we get a state of play before then, is it just about Horizon? Do we get a state of play that does the normal thing where they put a trailer in for Horizon, right? Just to remind you it's coming out next week or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you anchor it with this kind of stuff if you had this, of like another look at Killing Chaos. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I hate you. The, that, chaos. It, it'd be cool to to see that. I mean, you know, some of the bigger stingers we've had it in State of Plays have been Final Fantasy VII Remake, Resident sure. Evil 3 uh, Remake. And so Final Fantasy 16, I think, fits that bill uh, in terms of like prestige third-party partner title uh, for PlayStation. So, yeah, I, I can see that. And in terms of the game being released this year, I do think that there is a chance. Like, I, I was always surprised of how far along the game looked even in that initial trailer and sure a lot of it's just cg stuff but there was a lot more cg shit done than i expected from final fantasy 16 at that point um so i just think that they've kind of changed some workflow pipeline stuff um and and i i think that this is an example of them being like hey we're not perfect you know and so we, we got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit because i do think that people aren't surprised that they didn't hear about uh, Final Fantasy 16 2021 just because we're used to Square but I think that this is a side of Square wanting to change and wanting to be different well speaking of Square <laughs> wanting to change and wanting to be different number three on the Roper Report let's talk NFTs from Square Enix uh, Yosuke Matsuda uh, President and Representative Director of Square Enix put out his uh, New Year letter and in it he went into some of the things uh, that Square's going to do in the future and everybody's fucking pissed off about it now so we joined the letter in progress and I'll jump a little bit around it's a lot but stick with me 
Another term that gained quick currency in 2021 was NFT or non-fungible token. The advent of NFTs using blockchain technology significantly increased the liquidity of digital goods, enabling the trading of a variety of such goods at high prices and sparking conversations the world over. I see 2021 not only as metaverse year one, but also as NFTs year one, given that it was a year in which NFTs were met with a great deal of enthusiasm by a rapidly expanding user base. However, we do observe examples here and there of overheated trading in the NFT-based digital goods with somewhat speculative overtones, regardless of the observed value of the content provided. This obviously is not an ideal situation, but I expect to see the, an eventual right-sizing in digital good deals as they become more commonplace among the general public. With the value of each available content corrected to their true estimated worth, and I look forward, I'm, I look, I'm sorry, I look for uh, them to become as familiar as dealing in physical goods. Then I go on a little bit further. Lastly is blockchain games. Uh, be they single player or online games, games have traditionally involved an undirectional flow whereby creators such as ourselves provide a game to the consumers that play them. By contrast, blockchain games, uh, which have emerged uh, from their infancy and are at this very moment entering a growth phase, are built upon the premise of a token economy and therefore hold the potential to enable self-sustaining game growth. The driver that most enables such self-sustaining game growth is diversity, both in how people engage with interactive content like games and in their motivations for doing so. Advances in token economies will likely add further momentum to this trend of diversification. I see the, quote, play-to-earn concept that has people so excited as a prime example of this. I realize that some people who, quote, play to have fun. <laughs> Those <and> who, fucking <laughs> losers. <laughs> I, see, I see our consumers who play video games for enjoyment, the dolts, uh, and who currently have the majority of players. <laughs> oh, let me try this again. I realize that some people who, quote, play to have fun and who currently form the majority of players have voiced their reservations towards these new trends, and understandably so. However, I believe that there will be a certain number of people whose motivation is to, quote, play to contribute, by which I mean to help make the game more exciting. Traditional gaming has offered no explicit incentive to this latter group of people who were motivated strictly by such inconsistent personal feelings as goodwill and volunteer spirit. The fact is not. I'm sorry, the fact is not unrelated to the limitations of existing UGC, user-generated content. UGC has been brought into being solely because of uh, individuals' desire for self-expression and not because of these explicit incentives uh, existed to reward them for the creative efforts. I see this as one reason uh, that there haven't been many uh, major game-changing content that were user-generated as one would expect. Final thing, and then we're going to talk about it. However, with the advances in token economies, users will be provided with explicit incentives, thereby resulting not only in greater consistency in their motivation, but also creating a tangible upside to their creative efforts. I believe that this will lead to more people devoting themselves to such efforts and to greater possibilities of games growing in exciting ways. From having fun to earning to contributing, a wide variety of motivations will inspire people to engage with games and connect them with one another. It is blockchain-based tokens that will enable this. By designing viable token economies into our games, we will enable self-sustaining game growth. It is precisely this sort of ecosystem that lies at the heart of what I refer to as decentralized gaming, and I hope that this becomes a major trend in gaming going forward. If we refer to the one-way relationship where game players and game providers are linked by games that are finished product as centralized gaming to contrast it with the decentralized gaming, then incorporating decentralized games into our portfolio in addition to centralized games will be a major strategic theme for us starting in 2022. 
the basic and elemental technologies to enable blockchain games already exist. And there, and there has been an increase in so societal literacy and acceptance of crypto assets in the last few years. Uh, we will keep a close eye on societal shifts in this space while listening to the many groups of users that populate it and ramp up our efforts to develop a business accordingly with an eye to potentially issuing our own tokens in the future. Tim, thank you for letting me go through all the jargon, all the what not to get there. You, of course, are a huge Square fan. What is your read on this letter? Uh, I mean, I think it has less to do with Square and more to do with just the state of the world and definitely the state of making money uh, with digital products in any way, shape, or form. I think buzzwords aren't inherently bad, but when you start hearing a lot of them grouped together, I feel like the more buzzwords together, the more you should start to question what's really going on here, you know? Yes. And with everything that's why, that I, read that's why read, I read it. <laughs> it's like, it is really, it starts to get silly uh, how, how much this feels like a scheme. Like this entire thing starts to sound like a scheme. And like most schemes, it starts with something that isn't inherently bad and it could be really good. But then it's the people that take advantage of it. And those are the people that kind of multiply rapidly and stand sure. by the thing and we've seen this like in other pyramid schemes quite frankly uh in the past even in things that aren't so pyramid schemey on the nose but things like microtransactions in games yep. like yep. these decisions are are made to make money and try to, to make as much money as possible from products being made which makes sense again it starts from somewhere that like is not inherently bad uh but then it's just easy to kind of fall down that rabbit hole of like well if we did this we can do this and we can do this we can do this next thing you know you're 15 steps down and the entire part the entire goal of making the product is making money instead of making Making the product and making money from that product right and for them to so straight up do exactly what you just said of like be like yeah there's people to play for fun but we're doing i realize that some people who quote play to have fun it's like oh god yeah yeah and it's like it's it's a it's complicated because to me i don't think it's inherently a bad thing that people might want their hobby of video games to also make them money and that is something that they're into I do think it's very problematic and a a huge issue that is we're already, I think, too far gone from it already in year one of the metaverse, which, good Lord, I hate all that. Sounds like it's the worst comic that I don't want any part of. Uh, But it's like we are already at this point where it there has to be the fun. There has to be like the, the, the focus being making video games for people to play and enjoy. Not every single thing needs to be monetizable and, and need to be a side hustle, you know? And I think that like, this is like the hustle culture that again, started as a good thing. And I think kind of just got taken too far over the last 20 years. This is that on a much wider scale where corporations and companies are now kind of, not only telling us that we should do it, but telling us it's kind of expected of us and that this is what we want. And I think that's the scariest part of it. Yeah, it's, you nail it. You know, again, I apologize for reading such a businessy speak thing, but I like it because, you know, I, I, I think it's inherent to what we're talking about of uh, the disconnect between a gamer and a business person and then what NFTs and blockchain technology actually are and what they're doing and what, blah, 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 and why you would, I don't want to say weaponize them, but activate them, I guess, why you'd want to put them into your game, right? And I'm with you, Tim, of, again, inherently, just by their very purpose, they're not bad. There will be a video game. There will be video games that use NFTs and blockchain technology for cool shit. 
and that we that we go oh that's blah, blah, blah. but right now it feels like what you're exactly what you're talking about of chasing buzzwords and chasing money and clearly there's money in these hills or at least in the speculative market there is right because you've seen it before on other things then you see ubisoft put out their nfc game and the market get flooded and nothing worked the way they thought it was going to it seems like if you just chase the trend it's not going to work it seems like if you activate it for something that could be cool like you're saying right of okay cool you know, right now people are making so much in dreams. People were making in Little Big Planet. If you wanted to in an Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? You can make your own quests. Even to, you know UGC, I go all the way back to what was it, Infamous, uh, uh, Infamous Two, right? Where they sucker punch put uh, UGC in there, where you could write your own stories. Maybe it was Infamous One. Kind of find that slash you're wrong. Uh, and I understand that, like, it's what they're talking about here, right? In the square letter, of course, of, well, you know, for years, people have been able to create their own stuff if they wanted to, but just because they want to help people out. Now they could do it. They could make a profit off it. They could make some money off of it. And it's like, yes, that is a good idea. Like, I do think that it would be a nice thing if, if you were putting all your time into it. We, you know, we partner with Core all the time, another game creation platform where people are going in and making assets and then sharing them and stuff like that. It's a great idea to be able, if people are making, if, core is making money off of you to then have the money trickle back to you. And I think with core, it does kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Like there's ways to do it and there's ways to make it not sound slimy. But when you come into this letter and you're talking about people who play games to quote, have fun and like, you know, like, Oh God. And, and this is square. Like I, to me, I think that there's a major difference between core whose entire thing is designed around this sure. and around user generated things. And, and there's a ton of other examples of that. I mean, like, even going to things like uh, it's different, but games that are, are based on this type of creation, things like Minecraft, things like Roblox that that I think do have an inherently um, different player base where some of those players are creators and are creators that want to make money from their creations like that to me is something that I think is great and should exist and it makes video games beautiful because they can be different things but this isn't that this is all of those elements kind of being thrust into core titles that they're talking about where the focus should be and was having fun like that was the goal yeah and it's so your exact point right where you're talking about taking a round peg and putting it in a square hole kind of thing and the fact that you're trying to now retroactively put this stuff in there and again even though i enjoy the game quite a bit right i think you can look at avengers in square with that right this is avengers of course but made by crystal dynamics but it's a square enix marvel games hookup right and it was clearly something of let's make a games a service those are hot right now you know they're not chasing the trend as much as they see the trend and they're like let's act let's act on that right now so they try to do it and by the time the game comes out the trend's moved on and the game isn't nearly as strong as it would be if it would have just been here's an avengers single player campaign like let's let's do what we did for tomb raider but do it for avengers instead you have this game that's a hodgepodge of ideas that doesn't come together and so you double back to this right of like okay cool how are you going to do this Uh, for this kind of thing i always jump to you know like I am a person who likes DLC, uh, and that's a broad statement because there's a lot of shit DLC, obviously. But when it's really good, it's really good, or it gives me a new incentive to play or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm for that. But when I think of like when people were doing it incredibly wrong, right, I jumped to Prince of Persia, remember, with Ubisoft, the reboot one, uh, where it was cool. The real ending is DLC. You had to pay to get the real ending. The, uh, you played through the game. It was an unsatisfying ending. And then, like, whatever it was, I want to say, like, a month or two later, maybe it was longer than that. I forget. It was early days of my IGN career. It was like, okay, cool. Now pay the like what the fuck is this like why would you do it that way the big problem there too was it was not just like oh you literally have to pay again for the ending of the game you already paid for but this was in the early days of uh downloadable con or just downloadable games period so it's like not everybody had today people don't have the internet infrastructure for downloading games but back then it was like uh 
cool you don't have access to the internet get fucked <laughs> like you're not getting to the end of this game you know like they're uh, that xbox live um arcade or whatever the hell it was called even back then uh it was just a very different thing like putting your credit card on <laughs> your your xbox to pay for things was like not as commonplace as it is these days and i feel like we're about to see that type of thing just expounded on in all caps uh as, as we yeah. start seeing a lot of this bullshit kind of like make its way into core titles that we we care about and like we've had a decade of microtransactions having their their downs and their slight ups and their, you know like all of that and looking at like i really want to point to obviously like star wars battlefront 2 being probably the biggest example of everyone revolting being like no fuck this and that caused a shift that caused a change uh in ea and in the types of games that they're making having said that you look at the sports side of things especially on the ea side with fifa and all that and it and all of that stuff that's been going on forever like that and in the last couple years it's not going away it is being doubled down tripled down and that's a different type of audience that's playing those games and yeah there's a lot of problems there as well right but i think that at least there there's an understanding and everyone involved is like we know what we're getting into here and that yeah. doesn't make it good but sure. at least there's an understanding this kind of seems like trying to really put a square into a circle um square no pun intended you, you did it again no you did it again take it you take it you right mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen did you like that pun because you did that and you did the golden guns earlier if you like that you should go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where of course you can toss us a few bucks you can get the show uh with uh, no ads you can get the show with your name right in the front you can write in to be part of the show like so many people have uh but of course i'm telling you this right now because you're not listening on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So let's hear a word from our sponsors. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your keys in your car while you run into the gas station. You're probably fine, but it could be a disaster. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, you're basically giving someone else the keys to your personal data, like your passwords, your financial details, the passwords to your financial life. And it doesn't even take much technical knowledge for someone to hack you. But ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your data and the world that it'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past. Plus, it's super easy to use. You just open the app and press a single button. I've been using it. Kind of funny has been using it it's keeping our internet safe and i love that i love it so much i love how easy it is to use and i love that i just don't even need to worry about it secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com slash kind of funny and you can get an extra three months for free by going to expressvpn.com slash kind of funny what would it feel like if we were finally free of high interest loans or credit card debt well Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're looking to pay off credit cards, consolidate high interest debt, or fund some personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking only at your credit score, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a smarter rate. One of my really good friends did exactly this, and it helped him out so much, just consolidating all of his debt into one place allowed him to focus and just take care of it and now he's debt free thanks to upstart find out how upstart can lower your monthly payments today and when you go to upstart.com slash kind of funny that's upstart.com slash kind of funny don't forget to use our url to let them know that we sent you loan amounts will be determined based on your credits income and certain other information provided in your loan application upstart.com slash kind of funny 
There's so much going on right now, whether it's stuff you're excited about, like traveling, or stuff you'd rather avoid, like traffic. You can't always control the vibes out there, but you can control the vibes in your own head when you've got a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Uh, with Raycon's new everyday earbuds, they look, feel, and sound better than ever. Uh, one of my best friends, James Burke, he loves these things. He's always out there when he's running, when he's playing his baseball. He's a baseball coach, so he does a lot of those two things. And Raycon's new everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got an improved rubber oil look and feel and optimized gel tips for a perfect in-ear fit. Plus, you get three new sound profiles, so the sound is great no matter what you're listening to, whether it's a podcast like this one, or some hip-hop, or some rock, or anything in between. Right now, Kind of Funny listeners, you can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash kindoffunny to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny. Tim, mm-hmm. I've been gone a while, but those are some good ad reads, all right? You did really well there. I'm proud Thank of you. you. Thank like you. We're at. Uh, number four in the Rupp report, Riot agrees to pay $100 million in a settlement of the class action gender discrimination lawsuit. This is Shannon Lau over at the Washington Post. League of Legends publisher Riot Games announced Monday uh, that, and this is not obviously today. This is uh, Monday, I think last week or whatever. Again, you're catching up on news from when you're gone. Uh, announced Monday uh, that it is settling a 2018 gender-based discrimination class action suit with California state agencies and current and former women employees for $100 million. The company will pay $80 million to members members of the class action suit and approximately $20 million towards plaintiff's legal fees. The Los Angeles uh, lawsuit was filed in November 2018 by now former employees alleging gender discrimination as well as sexual harassment and misconduct at Riot Games. The suit was followed by two inquiries led by the California state agencies. The suit came after uh, gaming news site Kotaku published an expose about the culture of sexism at Riot, which manifested itself in workplace behaviors ranging from unwanted advances and harassment to hiring a promotion process that passed over female, oh, I'm sorry, a hiring uh, and promotion process that passed over female candidates for being insufficiently into gaming and quote-unquote league riot games uh, agreed to sell the suit for in 2019 for 10 million dollars but california's department of fair employment and housing intervened blocking the agreement with a court filing in which the agency argued that victims should be entitled to as much as 400 million dollars the dfeh posted a news release acknowledging the settlement monday night so again I know I'm reading this. Maybe you're driving a car. Maybe you're cooking some great julienne fries or whatever. Uh, remember, it's $100 million is what this settlement's for now. And in 2019, Riot tried to get out for $10 million, being like, all right, you know what? That's good enough. And the, so they stepped in like, no, it isn't. Don't do that. Uh, in the settlement, Riot Games also agreed to certain workplace policy reforms. These include greater transparency around pay scales for job applicants, not relying on prior salary history to set employees' pay or assign job titles, and the creation of a pipeline for former or former temp agency contractors to apply to work at Riot Games. Uh, the publisher will also implement a policy requiring the presence of a woman or member of an under, underrepresented community on employment selection panels. As part of the settlement, Riot Games must be monitored by a third party for three years. That party will oversee human resource complaints, how they are handled, and whether employees of all genders are being paid fairly. The third party, which could be an individual, must be approved by the company and the DFEH. In the monitor, I'm sorry, if the monitor discovers Riot Games needs to improve its practices, they can recommend changes to implement, uh, which the judge presiding over the suit may enforce. Quote, three years ago, Riot was at the heart of what became a reckoning in our industry, Riot Games wrote in a statement shared with the Washington Post. We had to face the fact that despite our best intentions, we hadn't always lived up to our values. As a company, we stood at a crossroads. We could deny the shortcomings of our culture, or we could apologize, correct course, and build a better Riot. We chose the latter. 
While we're proud of how far we've come since 2018, we must also take responsibility for the past. We hope that this settlement properly acknowledges those who had negative experiences at Riot, end quote. Timothy, good mm-hmm. enough for you? I mean, this is a perfect example. I feel like I am the biggest broken record, and I think I'm going to continue to be the biggest broken record as this continues to happen over the next couple of years. Um, I feel like it, it's not about celebrating. Uh, the steps but I do think Mm -hmm. that it is important to discuss when these things happen and kind of look at it as it this is better than what it was yesterday right sure and so like let's keep moving moving forward Uh, sure it's never enough sure like it should be better this way that way in, in every single way and that's all true but I do think that this is good this shows that improvement is happening this shows that there is an awareness that there is a desire to change um and it what's the reasonings for that is it at the end of the day financial probably but we are moving in the right direction they riot are huge bigger than they've ever been now and they're going to continue to just grow so it's important that the big companies are at least aware and admitting we fucked up and it's wrong and it has to change we then need to see that change and it can't just be talk but i do think that the talk is a step and it's a step that is required because it is what is going to signal the shift in the industry from indie all the way up to triple a everyone has to be on the same page and i think that uh if the way that that's going to begin to happen is kind of like a peer pressure type situation of everyone being like yo we're all holding each other accountable that's a good thing of course yeah and i think you nail it right of like yeah it's not you know celebrating any of this stuff but you want to see obviously the people who are making games taken care of and obviously i think you know uh, in 2018 when the stuff happened with riot and the kotaku article that was a big moment for the industry in terms of moving the biggest case of moving this forward and changing it and i do think that you know i don't work at riot and i don't i I have friends who work at riot but i've never talked to them about any of this stuff it seems like and it seems accepted and i've seen the the follow-ups from kotaku uh, uh, about it that you know riot since this came out has made those steps and sure there's this here and i'm glad to see they're not you know fighting or saying something shitty about the you know settlement they're like all right cool we hope this starts going forward but they have been you know transparent with what they've been doing they put out timetables and put together uh, committees and things like that that they've talked on and double down on and updated people on the industry on so again is it that much better i don't know i don't i don't have boots on the ground on that situation but it does seem like you know it's it's a stark difference from something like quantic dream where Quantic Dream gets in the news, right? And it's them suing the paper for libel and then, you know, on the stand asking if they can lie and, and still being kind of shitty about everything. Not even being shitty about everything. Whereas this one, it did seem like, and maybe it's all talk, but it did seem like Riot taking responsibility and making changes to try to fundamentally change what their DNA is. Yep. That's what, you, well, that's what we want, right? If mm-hmm. when these stories come up. Yeah. Uh, number five and final on the Roper Report, Samsung TV's gaming hum is coming your way. This is Sean Hollister over at The Verge. Samsung is revealing a new lineup of smart TVs at CES 2022 today, including features as a exotic. I almost thought it said erotic, and I was like, whoa. Oh, whoa. As radio wave powered remote controls that support NFTs. Ah! Uh, and they also happen to be the first Samsung sets in a while to let you play AAA video games from the cloud instead of just your Xbox P or PlayStation. After a vague tease in October, Samsung is now confirming that select 2022 models will explicitly offer access to NVIDIA's GeForce Now, Google Stadia, and the Utomic I never heard of that one. Cloud gaming service uh, as part of Samsung Gaming Hub, a user interface with uh, which Samsung's intending to expand to additional services as well. 
The Samsung Gaming Hub isn't just for cloud gaming either. This is where I think it's very interesting. Intriguingly, the company says that your HDMI-connected video game consoles will be part of it as well, complete with pass-through controller inputs. That means you might be you might be able to play cloud games and console games with the same controller instead of having to maintain separate controllers or pair back and forth, with both PlayStation and Xbox controllers supported at launch. It's also promising AI gaming technology that will create curated game recommendations on your TV's home screen, which dot, dot, dot. Okay, sure. It's interesting to me. This is still the uh, the reporter, Sean Hollister. Sean Hollister. Uh, it's interesting to me that Xbox's uh, xCloud, uh, let me try this again, Microsoft's Xbox gaming, Microsoft's Xbox cloud gaming, aka xCloud, isn't part of the launch. Microsoft and Samsung prominently partnered on cloud gaming in February 2020, and we got xCloud on a smart fridge and some Samsung Android phones. But the Xbox app for smart TVs that Phil Spencer told us about in November 2020 hasn't materialized yet. It only got a brief mention last June ahead of, instead of during, the E3 2021 Video Game Expo. Samsung smart TVs uh, have offered a Steam Link app for a while, but Lucero tells uh, Verge it won't be part of its gaming hub. Tim, did, did, you're Mr. TVs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know you swear, live and die by LGs. You know what I mean? You got me on the LG train. We're all about LGs in this company. Does this do anything for you? Do you care about oh, this? Yeah. You know, okay. I mean, look, it's CES right now. Or it's about to start. I absolutely love CES. It's definitely one of my the highlights of my year, seeing all the new tech get announced, whether it's stuff that's cool, here's the product lineup for this year, or all the cool stuff that's like, hey, here's a prototype of this thing that you may or may not see in 10 years. All that stuff's really cool to me. I love where we're at with TVs right now. I think that the it reminds me, and Kev, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. There was Kev, this you know what he's talking about, big dog. <laughs> there was this beautiful moment in the, the mid-2000s where hard drive prices just plummeted. And all of a sudden, they went from these luxury like, external hard drives being these luxury items of like, uh, please, sir, can I get can I get a 512 uh, gigabyte? No, now, fuck that shit. You're getting 3,000 terabytes. They're giving it to us. You don't even need to pay for it. You know what I'm talking about? And I feel like TVs are having that moment as well where they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We've gotten to a point where I've always said that the the sweet spot for the high-level prosumer TV is $3,000. If you are, I'm all about TVs, I care about tech, $3,000 is the highest you should be paying for whatever TVs are available. Um, because once you go over that 3K mark, you're definitely getting the law of diminishing returns. I think that that number has now shifted, that you're totally fine with like, $1,800 and I'm talking about top of the line shit that's awesome very fucking awesome because that means that the 3k the 5k shit is gonna be insane we are years away from getting 120 inch OLED that's insane Greg Miller you had a question yeah sorry Greg Miller from kindoffunny.com years ago you got mad at me when I just jokingly said I might walk into a Walmart and buy a TV for $700 it are, can I still are you still would you still be mad at me if I did that I mean, yes, I would be mad at you, but, th- but I, I'd be mad at you for like the same reason, just like exemplified now, which is we are at a place where the best of the best is so close to just th- that range that you're talking sure. about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and again, I'm talking about the best of the best. You don't need that. The range starts at like you can be getting a, a $900 TV and you're getting the freaking dopest shit imaginable. It's just it might be smaller, you know. Yeah. yeah. But is, TVs are in a really great place. Is is the point that I'm making? I think the tech is there. There's pros. There's cons. I mean, even with the LG TVs, like I've, a lot of people recently been talking to me about. Oh, what about the Sony OLEDs? The Sony OLEDs are great, but if you're a gamer, you need the LG ones. That's just really what it comes down to. The Sony ones have a slight edge when it comes to to movies and all that stuff. 
games have an edge when it comes or LG has an edge when it comes to games. Things like Samsung TV partnering with all these other people, very interesting. I think that uh, it's not good when there is no Xbox Game Pass, when there is no uh, Steam Link. Like the, when the core things that people want from this aren't there, it's starting to show, okay, cool. This isn't necessarily for those core people. This is for the people at a Best Buy walking by and being like, oh, I don't need a console and it can just play. They want to check stuff. a box, right? They want check to check a box. A box yeah. on there. It's the same thing of like, you know, for me personally, you know, as I, I, and I like the idea of streaming. I think Luna does it really well. And they have sponsors in the past to so take that with a grain of salt. But I bought my Luna myself for when it came out. Uh, uh, but like, you know, I'm not playing things on Stadia. I'm not playing things on GeForce now or whatever. So it's like, whatever. I'm more interested by this whole controller pass through. Because that sounds cool, right? The idea that like, okay, cool. I have my, you know, Xbox, piece, uh, PlayStation, and my Switch all hooked up. And because of this pass through, I can just use my DualSense to control all of them. Of course, there are going to be problems. There are going to be things. I'm sure if I was using my Xbox controller to do it right, not having the touchpad would freak out the PlayStation for certain things in there. There'd be all these little problems for it. But it's an interesting idea. Uh, personally, it's not something that I'm like so I into that I would run out and buy a TV for. But it's like an interesting, oh, okay. I, I doubt the gaming hub is going to be that cool, but I, I would love to be proven wrong. I mean, the thing is, like, these things are used by a lot of people. Like, we obviously aren't the audience for this. We have gaming consoles. We have PCs. We have phones. We have so many ways to be able to access Luna and uh, all this stuff, Stadia, if we wanted to, right? Yeah. This is for the people that don't, that aren't even thinking about it. And, like, we know, like, I've had conversations recently with people talking about, like, just the in-app uh, TV stuff right like i mean even blessing is a perfect example this motherfucker turns on his tv and he's just like clicking around the samsung or whatever brand he has um so, like smart tv thing and just starts watching shit you know like there oh, are a yeah. ton of people that do that like that's just that there's a reason that they're investing in, in all this stuff and i think that seeing an investment in the gaming side of things is only good for games right so it's like i think that this is a step towards hopefully the things that are more geared towards the gaming stuff like the lg oleds i was talking about having the stuff we're actually looking for i wish it was now but at the same time i don't really need it <laughs> so <laughs> fair enough uh tim i'm excited to see what you do need from your next tv but that's mm -hmm. so far away if you if i want to say something more important save more simple yeah we're able to go to see it oh my god greg i don't know about that one uh the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday yeah give me some credit here all right like even in fucking aliens like ripley came out of the cryogenic freezer and had a little bit of time before she had to fight an alien i'm i came out of the fucking thing i got three shows i'm just fucking going i got the giant fucking cardboard thing of coffee choo choo you know what i'm saying come on now let's go it, your cardboard coffee like it's just so lame <laughs> Like, what? I, I just i just love it I, but i i love i there's something about drinking out of out of cardboard that i just don't like okay. <laughs> well, i mean it's not cardboard you know, there's a there's like a bladder in it there's a plastic mm -hmm. bladder mm -hmm. you know like I'm, I'm a child of the just, 90s wait, hold on. Right? that makes it worse right he's drinking out of this giant plastic bladder <laughs> listen i knew that i didn't want to be making cardboard. french press coffee all day long i knew i didn't have enough time for that i knew i need the juice to keep me going all right i'm juicing over here and so right. I, not to mention this reminds me always of being on a set it reminds me of being in a conference room, you know, having to get pitched or pitching that's, something that, or whatever. That's my thing. It's like, this, like seeing that, it reminds me of the things I like least about production in, in conferences. You're you know? 
Yeah. Oh, hey, here's some like lukewarm coffee that's just been fucking sitting here in this goddamn well, cardboard. First off, you pot. know that I don't like my coffee. Too, you know, I don't like my coffee too hot. So mm. I love a good room temperature coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jen thinks it's the grossest thing. I love it. You pour a cup, you come back five hours later, you drink it, and you play some games. You have fun. You drinks it. You know I mean? Get out there, drinks it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> out today, Freddy Fish Three: The Case of the Stolen Conch Shell is on Switch. Biker Garage oh. Mechanic Simulator is on Switch. Crumble is on Switch. And Putt Putt travels through time. Put put travel switch. through time. Uh, as you know, right. we've partnered. Yeah, is that is putt putt travels through time a golf game where it's like mini golf where there's like time Ooh. elements, or is it a two D platformer? It's a two D platformer, or it what? Well, it's a two D platformer, or it's a third person game where you're a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, where it is. That's you know, where you know what putt putt is, right? Yeah, yeah, putt-putt. for like going putt putt golfing, right? No, Tim, like you remember putt putt? We grew up with putt putt, right? Uh, Kevin, <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> no, I don't know what putt putt is. I don't. Do you know a little red car or a purple car? This is. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know putt putt. Hold on, hold on. I'm bringing it up. He's bringing up a trailer. Everybody, hold your horses. This Keep little guy. Bonnet. You don't know this little guy? No, I don't know, but no, is, is there a wiener dog in this? Does he drive with a wiener dog? Uh, just I that think one it's time? just a dog. I think it's just okay. a dog. Yo, it's a straight up old school yeah, adventure point game. Point and click. Yeah, point and click. Wow. Wait, you I never would... you never played this game? Nah, dude. Oh, dude. That's wild. I didn't have a computer for a long time. I wasn't out here pup Yeah, but we had one. I wasn't one. out here traveling through time. Mm-mm, not me. Couldn't be As me. you know, we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on the latest GeForce RTX editions to your favorite games. But we have a different kind of update for you today. If you want to watch a pre-show for tomorrow's Kind of Funny Games Daily, tune in at 8 a.m. Pacific time to NVIDIA's virtual event on NVIDIA YouTube or Twitch during the annual Consumer Electronics Show. That's CES. NVIDIA mm-hmm. will be making several announcements in gaming and other AI enterprises. Visit the events page on NVIDIA.com for more details. Uh, Tim, I got check it beats. out. It's like check it out, but with tech. <laughs> is that on the screen there? I didn't enlarge it, or is that just? No. Are you giving CES? That was me. Phrase. That was all me, Greg. Huh? Wow. Yeah. I will hit up some. I know some people at CES. I will hit them mm-hmm. up and see if we can get that CES 2023. Check it out. Check you know it out. Mean? No, I got deals of the day for you. Uh, we got some games for PlayStation Plus for January. These will be popping tomorrow, I believe. Kind of funny.com slash wrong. Maybe they're up right now. Uh, Persona Five Strikers Deep. Oh, this is PlayStation Plus. My apologies. I, I was thinking of PlayStation Now. Let me try all this again. PlayStation Plus games for January, which, yes, are posting tomorrow. Persona 5 Strikers, Deep Rock, Galactic, and Dirt 5. Then PlayStation Now January games arrive tomorrow as well. Those are Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Final Fantasy 12, The Zodiac Age, uh, Fury Unleashed, Unturned, Super Time Force Ultra, Kerbal Space Program, Enhanced Edition. And then the final deal of the day is that the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy is free the epic games store right now if you're going there of course use the creator code kind of funny all one word support us there turns out you know that's a thing mm-hmm. gotta say it mm-hmm. tim it's a new year it's a new greg miller but yeah. it's still time to squat up this is where you ladies and gentlemen write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games give me your name username platform of choice and why you need help in a video game i read here the best friends come and find you and everybody hangs out together today probably oliver needs help probably oliver writes in and says what's good kfgd happy new year to you all my new year's resolution is to do one thing a day to get me closer to my dream of working within the games media slash pr space unfortunately i tested positive for covid on new year's eve and it's been kicking my ass since so the first few days of the year haven't been as productive as i like them to be 
Uh, I'm looking to chat with anyone who started their own journeys over the last year or two about their own beginnings or anyone who's willing to lend an ear and give any kind of advice on getting started on achieving my dreams of writing about, talking about, or promoting my favorite pastime. Uh, the few people I've reached out to over the last few months have all been incredibly helpful. It'd be amazing to continue building a network of like-minded folk to help make this year the first year of the rest of my life. If anyone would like to reach out, you can find me on Twitter at probably underscore Oliver or on Discord at probably Oliver hashtag five seven seven nine. P.S. Thank you to everyone. It's kind of funny. You've kept me and I'm sure many other best friends sane over the past two years. Well, it's been seven years. Where the fuck were you? Probably Oliver. Ladies and gentlemen, find out where he was for those first five years by hitting him up at probably underscore Oliver on Twitter. <laughs> I still got it, man. You know, <laughs> again, Ripley would be all like, Ooh, the alien would just eat her face. I'm, I'd fucking knock that queen out right now. You know what I mean? Then I'd grab Newt, powerbomb her. The cat kick it really hard. <laughs> Watch the movies that made us about aliens the other day, by the way. If you didn't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, where's Greg going with this alien? You saw what? it. I think it was in the Spider-Man Far From Home. I had a bunch of Titanic references because I just watched Titanic. Now I'm coming in off this. I got it all, man. I got it all. Don't worry about it. Uh, I got two Never required readings for you, Tim. Of Ooh. course, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes awesome articles go up that aren't really news, but should be things you go check out. We're going to start at Bloomberg, where, of course, Jason Schreier writes, the next video game from Bioshock's creator is in development hell. I'll read you the first paragraph. It has been nearly eight years since the development... I'm sorry. It has been nearly eight years since development began on Ken Levine's next video game. Levine, the creator of the hugely influential Bioshock series, is an auteur of the medium. He embodies everything that comes with the title, according to people who have worked with him, a singular brilliance stubborn perfectionism and a delicate ego uh, this goes on to talk about this game that has uh, been coming it's a narrative lego game it's supposed to change based on what happens with you the player and how people have hemorrhaged out and that it's a whole bunch of thing and it's just uh, for i think every so often when we do a predictions episode you come around to that of like oh yeah and of course jason calls out the fact that like you know when can shut down irrational right and then w made this new studio the idea was to make smaller experiences and it sounded like to make them faster and it's taking actually longer so it's a very interesting read on what's going on behind the scenes over there uh, if that wasn't enough for you over at game informer blake hester has an article the version of bully 2 you'll never get to play i'm gonna read the first few graphs on this because like this is a longer winding intro for a while in the late 2000s, developers at Rockstar New England thought they were working on the next big Rockstar game. They were excited to push the company's tech and bring a cult hit into Rockstar's vision for the future. They were excited for the chance to prove themselves as a Rockstar studio, having recently been purchased by the company. They were excited to lead development on Bully 2, the sequel to Rockstar's critically acclaimed open-world adventure about life in a private school. But things don't always go as planned, and other obligations on a release schedule get in the way of passion projects. Rockstar New England's Bully 2 was shelved in favor of other more troubled projects in development like Max Payne 3 and Red Dead Redemption. Quote, Rockstar New England wanted to be sort of the golden child in the Rockstar thing, but it's really hard when Rockstar North was the one that was producing all the golden eggs at the time, one developer says. Living in the shadow of someone who casts a big shadow like Rockstar North and trying to usurp that role, it's really difficult and nearly impossible. But man, did they try. Oh, did they try. To find out what exactly the studio was planning with Bully 2 and why it was ultimately let go in favor of other projects, we recently spoke to five former employees from Rockstar's New England studio and one from its New York City headquarters, most of whom requested anonymity out of fear of repercussions from Rockstar. Their story is one of shifting company cultures, tech that would finally find its way into Rockstar games as late as 2018's Red Dead Redemption 2, and disappointment over the way things went. 
another great read. Like I said, Game Informer, Blake Hester, the version of Bully 2 you'll never get to play. And then before that was Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. The next video game from Bioshock's creator is in development. How a lot of good video game writing for you to dig into today, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. So get to it. Tim, yes. we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screwed up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe. Uh, nanobiologist, of course, makes his first appearance of the year, and I'm sure we'll be far from the last to say the Ubisoft, I, I said uh, Ubisoft put out their game NFT thing and it got flooded. He says the Ubisoft NFT market didn't get flooded, uh, just nothing was selling. The first NFTs that could have been collected required 600 plus hours of playtime. Oof, not good. Um, yeah, we already got the people are a lot of people know about Putt Putt. They came up to tell us about Putt Putt and Freddy Fish. Freddy Fish is also a point and cl click adventure. Uh, oh, I missed one. Raw is Gregica says uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is free with Prime Gaming through Origin if you want to. There you go. There you go. Oh, we're not bad. You know what Great. I mean? Great. Something we yeah. didn't talk about uh, much, about? or yeah. you might have mentioned it, but this Friday, what are we doing? Oh, yes. Sorry. So I, I, I noticed I fucked that up too, but when we were out of the station, it was gone. So mm -hmm. I talked to, talk to you about the letter on Patreon talking about everything going on, right? And talking about how, hey, we're not doing the big kind of funny day usual celebration because we're waiting for the studio. That's when we'll do the giant 12-hour stream and not so much of different shows, yada, yada, yada. Uh, instead, though, we are doing seven on seven. Celebrate seven on seven. So Friday, January 7th, we will be celebrating seven years of kind of funny on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You'll get your normal kind of funny games daily. And then Snowbike Mike will grab your hand and take you on a twitch.tv slash kind of funny games adventure for the rest of the day. Uh, we're doing some Mario Party in there. Andy tried to talk some shit about everybody's golf, but then I slapped the taste out of his mouth yesterday. So I don't know if he'll actually do that. I don't even, he's still such a coward. He won't come back to California. You know what I mean? He said, oh, the flag got canceled. Oh, I couldn't oh, come do the flag. Oh, oh, you know. Uh, but yeah, we will be streaming uh, seven on seven. So get over there. Celebrate the seventh on the seven. Again, don't pop your champagnes yet. Save them for when we get the new studio up and running, when we go really, really big. But come hang out with us. Have a good yeah. day. I loved it because we were doing our, we did a meeting yesterday, like catch up, get ready to see where we're all at with everything. And it was all of us together. So much fun seeing everybody talking to each other. Uh, but my favorite thing is like, as we went through the week and started talking about like what content we're doing, who's on what shows, like there was this kind of idea of like, we want to do a stream. <laughs> like we all want to do something big and stupid. So Friday's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. I'm excited that everyone is excited to be back and making content with one Greg Miller. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be making a lot of content this week. Uh, like I said, PS, I love you, XOXO after this, and in review after that. But more importantly, for Kind of Funny Games Daily, Tuesday, you're going to have me and Gary hosting the show. Wednesday, Blessing and Andy. Thursday, myself and Tim. And then Friday, myself and Blessing. Uh, if you are watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames right now, guess what? Up next, you're getting the Kind of Funny Morning Show with Mike, Nick, and Andy. That's right. It's all happening there. If you miss it and want to catch it later, you can check out our newest YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Uh, Tim and I aren't done making shows, though. We're going to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to record the exclusive post-show that you can only get over there, where you can also get that cool Greg shirt, where you can get a whole bunch of cool stuff, where you can just have a great time and celebrate 7 on 7 and all that jazz. And then later today, patreon.com slash kindoffunny, MCU and review returns with Hawkeye. I mentioned stuff to do. I mentioned interview, but it's no big deal. <laughs> you tell me there's a lot of stuff to do. Why do you think I got this cardboard thing with a bladder in it? You know what I mean? And look at this, Kevin. What smart design. Look at that. I got it right there. I got extra cups. You come over, Kev. I got a cup for you, okay? Mm. <laughs> Sounds good. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.